James's trial continues in the abandoned radio station. A golden wheel, burning eyes style angel has appeared before you, with your father's face stretched across the metal. June, what do you do? <sighs> You're a real fucking piece of work. Um, and I'm going to try to begin casting a spell. Okay. Uh, as you do so, uh, orange light fills a large number of the computers and speakers as if it was some kind of electricity, but definitely not meant for these machines. And it starts playing old conversations you've had with your father. What is one of the harsher things he said to you? Um, I think it was when he told me not to come back when I came out. And that's when I, like, joined my, my gang that I had. Brilliant. You hear that over and over again. And don't come back! And don't come back! Come back! Come back! Over and over again across the halls. And when you roll magic, roll with a minus one. As you can feel uh, this secret of yours being broadcasted outside, that other people can hear you somehow, that James standing atop the, the radio station has clicked, and don't come back. And he smiles. Roll your magic with minus one. All right, I'm going to take out a... Um, do you guys remember fucking disposable cameras? I do, yeah. <laughs> there were these okay. plastic containers that you would put the film in, and I take out one of those, and inside it I have a uh, crushed-up, powdered stained glass uh, from the Vatican. And I start uh, making a circle around this fiery creature, and as I'm doing it, I'm chanting over and over again, Wedge El Da! Wedge El Da! Wedge El Da! And I'm going to try and banish it. That seems like the appropriate one, huh? <laughs> Um, I rolled a nine plus two and then minus one, so a ten total. All right. Uh, uh, Actually, I, can I bar it instead? I think that's trap a specific person, mon minion, or monster. But either way, absolutely. Is that something I can do? Yeah. Dope. Yeah, so I want to trap it here. Uh, uh, inside the it circle. It stands in place as these machines start wailing their ghastly wail at you. The same thing over and over again. And don't come back! And don't come back! And don't come back! Across the way. As I have it trapped, uh, I'd like to tell it. My father was right. I am a nasty piece of work. A nasty piece of work! You're trapped here with me now. And I'm going to repeatedly use magic to do one harm to it as the building burns down around me. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, go ahead and roll, roll magic still with the minus one as you can hear these, these sounds from the station blaring in your ear. Ooh, that's bad. Uh, that's going to be a five minus one plus one, so a six. Uh, six, uh, alrighty. Uh, on this, uh, it all goes to hell. Uh, so as you try to, uh, inflict harm on it, what are you doing to inflict harm on it? Um, that's a good call. I, I think just, like, hitting it with Eldritch energy, wherever it okay. is that my power comes from. I'm assuming nowhere good. 
you hear in the back of your mind, uh, our magic, our way of life comes from secrecy and sacrifice. And as you start to unleash uh, these these uh, eldritch, I don't want to say that line because that's probably copyrighted, uh, as you release these arcane bolts. Uh, (laughs) of of energy at the monster Uh, you can feel uh, that your hand starts to to crack and crinkle and you can feel your eyes uh, start to lose their magic and the world goes dark as you can feel this intense heat around you and the fire is gone and you are blind in here while this monster is awake and there is fire around you you can feel a heavy wind start to play up as the machines around you continue to play, if not a little louder. What is another thing that hurt your feelings that they probably don't even remember? Oh, man. Um, I'm going to have to talk about, like, to my therapist after this session. Um... <laughs> the uh, the axe forgets, but the tree remembers. Um, I think it's uh, my baptism. As I came up, uh, I saw the look of joy and pride in my dad's face. And that memory uh, just has like a whole different feeling to it now. Absolutely. You can hear the the words of the uh, the priest as they, they speak uh, their, their holy doctrine. They can see or you you don't see it, but you can see it in your mind. Uh, that, that very specific me. moment. Catholics. Catholics had priests. We had, you know, pastors. Yeah. Pastors. I was, I was like, it's one of those two. One of those two. Ah, I failed. Uh, no, you're good, you're good. The doctrine. Uh, and you can hear your parents. Uh, 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 they, they're trying to remain silent during the, the ceremony, but you can hear them mutter between each other their, their great pride with you, with having you and bringing you into the fold. What do you do? Um, I, uh, am going to try and spur the flames on more. Um, I don't want this creature to leave. Uh, so I'm happy that it's still contained, but I want this building to collapse on it. Okay. So I'm going to try to, uh use magic to increase the the fire around us okay the uh as the sounds have gotten louder as you are blind right now go ahead and take a minus two to the roll as the situation is real bad for you uh dope um hell yeah fuck yeah that's a natural 10 baby Uh, and that cancels out your bonus on its own, so it evens out to a 10, yes? Uh, yes. All right, and this, I assume, is do something beyond human, t- human limitations? Uh, yeah, that works for me, however however we want to call it. Either that uh, or inflict harm on the building. Either one's fine. Um, I'm going to use the building as a weapon, so this is a chant weapon. All righty. Um, yeah, no, beyond <laughs> human limitations yeah. works. <laughs> yeah, uh, as you uh, release this fire, uh, you can you have this sort of like 
daredevilly vision for just a moment as you can see the heat transfer and scrape up the walls. You watch as the machinery burns and sputters out. The uh, the electronics start going from <clears throat> and don't come back, don't come back to and then come as if the building around you is melting rather than burning. You can feel this intense, hot wind swirling around you. You feel as if you're being buffeted by leaves. You can see, uh, finally, through a, a thin red light between you as these long series of pictures of your life throw wild around you. And right in front of you, the angel right there begins to break free of its cage. We see that this burning sensation as two ghastly hands reach free from the burning metal as they reach for the pictures and try to cleave through them. And we're going to cut away. The latest episode of Antiques Horror Show has gone terribly awry. And now, it's all on you to save it, Cassius. What is the lie you tell your audience? I was possessed by a lying demon who was trying to pass himself off as me and make you all think that I was a fraud. This is the most haunted town we have ever been in. 100 out of 100 ghouls. And then the bell's gonna go. <laughs> this is wild. <laughs> The staff, in a panic, beneath, like, the clerk help desk with the phones, starts using their knees to, like, shake the table and looking around all panicked. Everyone in the staff, who's never been in this situation, is trying to do as much damage control as possible. Because they're like, we are so fucked. Uh, and then you will be a very critical, manipulated person with a minus two, because you failed those other two. Um, can I just use some luck? <laughs> what did you get out of curiosity? I got a seven. You know what? I'm going to take the seven. Oh, oh okay. A seven's not dead in the water. Yeah, let's do the seven. Alrighty. I'm going to a person on a seven to nine. They'll do it, which is believe that you were possessed by a lying demon. But only if you do something for them right now to show that you mean it. What do you fucking do? So, okay, so here's what I do. So I'm gonna uh, do that thing where, like, one hand comes up like it's all of a sudden has its own mind, and I'm gonna go, it's back! And I'm gonna try to do a backflip, and <laughs> probably not land it. Uh, go ahead and give me an act under pressure to backflip, which you have never done before, I am certain. <laughs> if you fail, I'm gonna hurt you real bad. Oh, come on. I keep rolling and then it knocks one off the table, and then I roll the other one and it knocks the other one off the table. Uh, act under pressure. That's cool. So that's. Yeah. Eight, nine. Nine. On a seven to nine, the keeper's going to give you a worse outcome, hard choice, or price to pay. <laughs> price to pay. You're going to stick this landing. But you are going to break your fucking right leg, right heel, right as you do it. And you're going to have to hide it the entire time and pretend like it's normal. Otherwise, everyone's going to be like, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> uh, and you're going to take uh, a harm. Uh, I don't think you're in any otherwise danger, but it super sucks. 
Yeah. Uh, I think to this day, he still tells people when a storm's coming, it hurts, but it actually doesn't. <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, the crowd uh, gives you a, uh, uh, like, <gasps> he's in danger! And uh, someone who is uh, definitely paid to be a priest and is definitely not. Uh, runs on over to you and starts like faking an exorcism with you. It is the most like hammy, corny bullshit that someone could be throwing. But people who believe Antiques Horror Show is real <laughs> are the type to believe this nonsense. Uh, and <laughs> you get into a state of recovery. Um, and as this happens, uh, a, a distressed looking uh, middle aged woman. Uh, maybe a little bit older than middle-aged, runs up to you and she uh, uh, puts her hands on your your lapels and starts, uh, and she's clearly been crying and she's got red eyes and she's distressed. Uh, and she said, and you at this point go by the name Cassius Montgomery, yes? Yes. Mr. Montgomery, Mr. Montgomery, I need your help. I need your help real bad. Please stand back. You might catch the demon, but do go on. I'll take any risk. It's for my daughter. She's in trouble. We can't find her. The police can't find her. She's somewhere out there. Well, she's where like, is she? <laughs> she's like, you know, uh, she's got like a runny nose and she's crying and there's like a concerned uh, partner in the distance uh, who's, who's who's watching on as they're kind of, they're, uh, as this person who introduces himself as, as Janet Walker is, is having like a, a little bit of a meltdown in front of you. What do you do? Please calm down and turn out to the camera. But she does so. Uh, she says, "My my daughter, she's a good, hardworking girl. She she's great with our animals. She's she never would have run away on us. She loved our life on the farm. I I don't know what we'd do without her. I don't know why she would disappear. Someone must have taken her. Something must have happened." I don't know where she could be. Mr. Mr. Montgomery, please. You're the only psychic we know of. Please. Where is she? What does Cassius look like at this very moment? Uh, I think at this point, he's trying his best to look like he's listening. But really, he's just trying to adjust his shoe to get the pressure <laughs> off of his broken foot. Uh... So I don't think he's heard pretty much anything she said, but he's really trying to look like he's concentrating. Okay, the last thing you hear is, where is she? What do you say? Uh, well? Uh, well? Like, like in a well? Do you mean is she somewhere in a well? There are a lot of wells around here. Yep. Better check those wells is the thing I'm hearing from the the the, the spirit I the demon I, I saw one thing when he was in my body and I didn't understand it. And I saw a dog and I thought, why am I seeing a dog? And then I realized it was Lassie and it was that scene and everyone's like where where is he and and the dog is barking and they're like oh it's in the well and it was that scene and so that must be where you, uh 
daughter is? <laughs> I love it. Uh, so on live TV, this woman asks you where her missing daughter is, and you say, well. Are you using a move here? I'm imagining the closest thing this would be would be oops. Go ahead and read for me. If you want to stumble across something important, tell the keeper you will find something important <laughs> in the Although it's not necessarily related to real problems. Alright, uh, well, this mother is, is, uh, panicked, and she's really looking for any possible explanation. I think she went in here with the idea in her brain that whatever you said, she was gonna try it. And so, the, uh, the whole town goes on, like, a little montage we see all over the place. <laughs> uh, across town, people are checking the wells, I guess, on people's property, on public <laughs> property, in public parks, uh, and we... Can I make a suggestion? Yeah. They find her in a Wells Fargo. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. Okay. I, I think, yeah, I think for, for simplicity's sake, uh, <laughs> it's a place they genuinely couldn't get to her before. And uh, uh, Cassius, of all people, maybe, maybe it was like, Random chance. Maybe it was God for some reason looking out for you. Maybe it was some devil waiting to, to get your deal <laughs> down below. No, uh, you run into uh, a well that is—it's just stationed outside a a uh, like a like an uh, an orchard where they normally sell things like cider and whatever, and they kind of don't tend to it because it's more ornamental than anything else. Um, and you stumble upon it. And you can hear that there's crying down below. What do you do? There are no cameras around yet. But you know there will be, eventually. But I can get to the well, like, fine. It's not like... There's no impediment, but no one will see it. I think he's going to go over anyway. He's going to go and check it out and be like, hello? Uh, Hello? Hello, and it's like dark down there. Like it's it's you couldn't see anything reasonably. Uh, are you Is someone there? Yeah, are you the daughter of uh, Janet Walker? Yeah, fr- yeah, I'm I'm Dana. I guess she doesn't say I guess. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you guess. Uh, well, uh, help helps on the way. Uh, my name's Ken. Hey, now you're so long. Are, what? are you the fireman? Nope, not in as many words. How'd you get down there? I fell. What? You, you just fell? Were you standing on the well or something? What, what no, I, w- I was just sitting on it while I was waiting for the bus to come. Wait, what is this? A nursery rhyme? All right, I'll go get some help. I'll be right back. <laughs> uh, just gonna like call out to anyone else who's nearby. Absolutely. I mean, they're like regular ass workers thereby. I don't think they have like a rope, but they probably have like a fire hose or something nearby that they can lower down or like a garden hose, not a fire hose, a garden hose that they can like lower down to assist her out. And I think with enough time, that'll just come. She'll just pop on out. Uh, and we see uh, that, that Dana Walker is like a like early college age uh, person who is clearly like dehydrated 
uh, and and like soaking wet. Uh, and she's kind of been like hanging in like uh, like waist high water for a little while now. Uh, and she's like got like lightly blue tinged skin at this point. Uh, she doesn't look well for what it's worth. And she's like safe. We have medical attention and everything. There will. There, it's on its way. Gotcha. Uh, How did you find me? Well, you see, um, I'm actually a television psychic, so pretty much by chance. But don't tell anybody. She uh, looks at you with utter confusion because that explains literally nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, the uh, the cameras arrive uh, before the medics do, and the uh, the director wants to like have you get in a picture waving with her and being like, and look at this incredible uh, hero with his great powers. He has rescued this victim. <laughs> Cassius partake. Yeah, he's gonna be like, oh, like oh, I mean, we could even like lower her down into the well a little bit like she'll be safe but like we could put her in a little bit if you want to get some b-roll of me like pulling her out or anything she looks aghast well we know you don't have to i mean you'd have to sign the forms anyway so like if you don't want to you don't have to i just thought it could be a good <laughs> uh i don't think it's a, a role here no uh she does not <laughs> want to do that fair enough uh, eventually, the the medics arrive, the camera crews arrive, uh, and uh, we see uh, uh, you, Cassius, uh, in this sort of uh, like flip photo scenario of uh, news hitting across uh, newspapers. Psychic saves missing girl. Uh, the reporters uh, bring you and Dana in for for interviews. Uh, you guys end up sitting in a limo across from each other every now and again. Pictures of you, fresh and well-to-do, go up on the walls of those with very uh, niche interests. Uh, <clears throat> is, is there anything you you uh, you you say to her in these uh, small moments where they are like trying to make a spectacle of you two? Uh, well, like while we're alone. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be like, hey, look. Uh. I don't want to be a bad guy here. I don't want to, like, you know, exploit whatever happened to you. That sounds real bad. Um, so we don't have to do this all that much if you don't want to do it. And uh, if anything makes you feel weird about it, you, 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 you let me know. But also, I'm just trying to make a little, uh, you know, some some bucks is all, really. I'm, I'm a bit... You know, tired. So, <laughs> I think there's a, a vague sense of mutual agreement between you two, as the the studios do have to pay her as well for her appearance uh, in the, in these interviews, uh, and she is a broke ass college student. So she is like, yeah, I guess I'll take the money. Uh, <laughs> it's like a, a vague mutual understanding between you two at this point. As these sort of things come to a close and it's time for you to move on to your next state, we see you step into your car, uh, the newly refurbished 1984 Chrysler, what is it? <laughs> Chrysler LeBaron. Chrysler LeBaron. 
uh, and the lights flicker on and we cut away. Beck, Chuck has decided that you are ready to advance your training. He has gifted you a second set of nunchucks and told you to prepare. He uh, prepares his katana. Okay. It's wood though, right? Yeah, yeah. He's not going to kill you. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's actually made out of bamboo. Uh, okay. So it, it'll hurt. It'll feel like a, like a whap on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you might bruise. And that's normal. Okay. But otherwise, yeah, he's not going to... He's not putting you at risk of death for training. I think that uh, Beck, you know, returns the bow and like readies a stance uh, and with uh, like a nunchuck, uh, like in either hand, uh, kind of glances down at their component bag and realizes how difficult it's going to be. To That's, uh, you click on the exact point he means. Oh, uh, cool. <laughs> as the uh, uh, as he raises himself, he immediately uh preps into like a proper uh, like earth stance where he is sturdy and, and ready to go. And he swings his sword in very specified structural arcs where it looks like he's spelling out words with the tip of his sword. And as he does so, you can see this sort of faint telekinetic wave of energy as if you've ever seen heat distortion on a road. It is like that, but all around him in a sort of dome as he places the initial protections around himself. And he waits, and he says, Our magic, our techniques, come from structure and discipline. We abide by rules here. Everything we have, be it martial, be it magic, be it investigation, we have to follow a very specific structure where it all falls to pieces. We are order. We are security. Use that. And you will be always in the right way. You uh, understand? I think Beck gives uh, Chuck, Mas- uh, Chuck Hayes uh, like a, a very solemn look and uh, nods their head and then throws some slinkies on the ground and rips into a big lake chew. And I'm going to try to cast magic. What magic do you cast? I want to do something beyond human limitations, which is I want to jump onto the slinky as a springboard, and I want to jump real high. You want to jump real high like a like a Wuxia kung fu movie. Yeah, I want to basically jump real high so that I can attack him from above. Brilliant. Oh, go ahead. Cool. Ugh, nice. Uh, eight. Uh, not ten. Uh, ten. You do what you set out to do. Uh, you uh, do something beyond humiliations. You. What does it look like? Uh, um, Beck uh, like runs forward. Uh, like uses like one of the slinkies as like a springboard, and all of a sudden it like supports her weight and coils, and then releases, and she gets sprung into the air to like that top of the gym, and starts uh, like. Sp- Vetting her um, nunchucks as she's like coming down onto Chuck Hayes with a kick. Do you do like a cool front flip? Yeah. Hell of yeah. Uh, you uh, start uh, rapidly rotating in the air as you contort your body to throw this great downward kick and nunchuck swing on uh, onto Chuck Hayes's defensive shield. Go ahead and roll me kick some ass. Okay. That is a eight. Uh, all right. 
uh, on an eight. Uh, you kick each other's ass. No special things here. Uh, his sword, uh, and this will be non-lethal, so if he brings you to, to a full harm, it won't kill you. Uh, it will do two harm, and you will deal, uh, I believe, if you have two nunchucks, that's one each, two harm. No. If you, unless you have anything else. Oh, uh, each nunchuck does two harm, because I have the initiate move, Ancient Fighting Arts. Where uh, we'll bring that up to three, I think, is, okay. is how we'll do that simply. Gotcha. Cool. Three harm. Uh, you deal three harm to one another. Uh, you see that the force of your initial blow, uh, augmented by your uh, great leap into the air, is enough to bend his uh, shield sort of like a, a strange cellophane or jelly. Like you can see the physical distortion in the air. He is good at this kind of spell, and you are able to, if only barely, pierce through it enough to give him a good whack across the chest. And he does a quick tuck and roll to create some distance between you two and takes a firm stance again, uh, realizing that you will go hard on the offensive, really as you always will. Uh, he starts to create some, some problems for you. And he uh, claps his hands together, starts rotating his sword like a helicopter fan. You see him throw up into the air uh, with his uh, free hands uh, a degree of, like, goose-down feathers. And as he does so, you can feel this great gust of wind pushing against you. And he says, Structure, Acolyte. You must find your roots. You must find your discipline. And you can feel yourself slightly midair start being thrown back. And you're going to slam into the bleachers unless you do something right now to stop it. So when with use magic, can I trap myself? I guess so, right? I don't see any reason why you wouldn't count for any of those. <laughs> if I, like, trap myself, like, on the ceiling, am I not, like, thrown? It says a specific person, so you absolutely can do that. Okay, I'm gonna try. Uh, nice. I've never thought of doing that in all of the times I've used magic in these games. Got so anime so fast. <laughs> I know. Uh, I got a nine. So uh, Beck is like chewing like a big leak chew and blows this hold up, hold up, hold up. large. Oh, what yeah, what uh, magical quality of big leak chew enables you to do this magic? Inherent to the brand of Big League Chew? Yes, specifically, I'm asking you right now, what about Big League Chew gives you magic? I think that um, it's because Big League Chew is the most uncomfortable bubble gum ever made. And there's a degree of strain that one undergoes. So, so that, becomes, that becomes like the sacrificial element to magic. <laughs> All right. Absolutely. Um, I, I'm trying to remember what happens for mixed successes for magic. Uh, you choose a glitch. Let me let me get you. Yeah. Uh, glitches. The effect is weakened. The effect is of a short duration. You take one harm, ignore armor. The magic draws immediate, unwelcome attention. It has a problematic side effect. I'm going to do short duration. So Beck uh, blows this cartoonishly large bubble of Big League Chew. Um, as they're flying through the air and it pops and it sticks them to the ceiling 
uh, but it's a short duration, so it will it won't hold for very long. Oh, absolutely. We can see immediately the camera pans right to your feet, like your dumb sneakers connected to the rafters as the, the gum in its large form is stretching and getting thinner and thinner slowly. But you are held right there. And there's probably like a cartoonish moment of you swinging around on it for sure. Nice. Uh, brilliance. You have uh, defended his initial uh, blast of energy. And he says, good, Acolyte, you found a route. But now recognize, your enemy is not approaching you. It's waiting for you to come to them. You need to throw them off their rhythm. What do you do? Um, I think that Beck will try to cast magic again so that she can do a, like, a long-ranged attack. Uh, do you want to inflict harm? Ignore yeah, one harm, ignore arm, armor, magic, obvious. Yeah. Okay, absolutely. Go for it. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. I'm an eight, nine. Uh, nine. Okay, same thing. Choose a glitch. The effect is weakened. The effect is of a short duration. You take one harm, ignore armor. The magic draws immediate, unwelcome attention. It is a problematic side effect. I'm going to do, I'm going to take a harm. Uh, uh, Beck fishes out of their lunchbox. One of those, like, um, stretchy plastic, like, sticky hand toys that you get yes. from shitty Gashapon machines. I like and- that all of the Bulwark's magic comes from, like, dumb toys. Yeah, so initially my components list was, like, modern-day objects and more traditionally occult stuff. And when I realized that June was going to be our badass caster, I decided that, like... Beck basically fucks up a Dollar Tree and then walks out with like all of this. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I definitely get vibes that you just like went to a strip mall. So you're like a Dollar Tree wizard. That's very good. <laughs> so they they like you know without this sticky hand toy which extends and grows um, like nonsensically and the hand just slaps Haze in the face. But it then recoils and it shoots back and it also slaps back in the face. <laughs> uh, you feel this great sticky hand uh, like Spider-Man's Mark of Cain on your face as you like peel some dumb sticky gross stuff off your face and you can feel a little bit of your skin go with it. Uh, he uh, recoils in maybe a little bit of horror uh, as he has realized that you pull all of your uh, supplies Maybe from not the greatest place, uh, and he he takes a step back and he he like runs under the bleachers and gets a pretty sizable set of cover. I appreciate your ingenuity, but you won't stop me with crazy antics. What do you do? Uh, I don't know how you feel about it, but I feel like right now is a good time for that bubble gum to break apart. <laughs> Uh, very, very good. I was going to use it as a, a result of a poor roll, but you're well. I'm more than happy to watch that fall. I feel like uh, after he says, like, antics is a really good time. Fair enough. To plummet to the ground from my bubblegum trap. Uh, as he says, as he says, uh, you won't catch me with crazy antics. You you hear a... As uh, cartoonishly, the gum snaps, and we see uh, Beck falling towards the ground. And Jim, basketball courts ain't, like, small. It is a sizable fall to the ground. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, he will take this moment to attempt to protect you. But in that instant, he can only do so much as he starts to like press this uh, light amount of wind from the ground up towards you. How do you save yourself from what will assuredly be great bodily harm? So he's basically creating like a funnel of wind to mm-hmm. uh, break my fall. Yeah, and as you as you watch him, I think the most spectacular about, thing about Chuck Hayes so far is that he seems to be like the most like calm, chill Ron Swanson-y figure out there in in Constance. But then when shit like this happens, he's like this weird fluid battle master where his body is like a liquid and he's drawing out magic like it's uh, like. Like the air that he breathes. Mm-hmm. I, I want to try to uh, use magic to do something beyond human limitations, where I okay. basically want to make myself light as a feather so I can basically like feather fall to the ground. I like that. Have at it. Nice. Uh, nine, uh, 10, 11. Uh, all right. On 11, you do what you set out to do. And as you do this, what is uh, one uh, trick that Chuck Hayes always gets you with in your training because of who you are as a person? Um, I think that Beck has a really hard time treating training like a real fight. Um, and I think in moments like this where, you know, Chuck Hayes is being a responsible adult and is like, I don't want you to actually break your neck. I'm going to... Um, like break your fall a little bit. Uh, Beck uh, always treats it kind of like this time out when that's really not the case. And I think leaves themselves like open to an attack. Excellent. As you um, uh, land kind of comfortably and uh, uh, start like uh, kind of trying to catch your breath, he is already behind you like a, like a weird anime teleporter. Uh, <laughs> he says, Gotcha. As he starts, as he places his bamboo sword right across your neck. Uh, what do you say? Uh, uh, uncle? The monster will never give you mercy. Even if they give you a moment to be cruel, even if they give you a moment where they misthink, where they take a step back, you need to take that opportunity to strike or escape. But like, you know, hopefully strike, right? It, it depends on the scenario. If you are deeply wounded or in an improper position where striking would put you at too great of a risk, you must you must escape. Do you understand? Yeah. Uh, Fighting monsters isn't about risk-taking. There will be other monsters, there will be other hunters. You must always attempt to minimize damage first. Do you understand? Uh, yes, sir. Good. And he uh, takes a step back and sheathes his bamboo sword. <sighs> okay. What further questions do you have for me? Well... How do we clean the bubble gum off the ceiling? Oh yeah. Shit. Now let's cut away. Flint, you may have found a kindred spirit in a member of Constance's ghost hunting society, a student named Louis Steele. 
in all of these writings that you have relayed to Lewis, uh, what is one thing about yourself in your relationship with him that you unwittingly hand over to him in your writings? Like, how do you view him? Or uh, what do you see in him? Like, why are you even bothering to give him this information? Things like that. Because I think he's about as smart as I used to be before I became a man too obsessed with the hunt to continue studying. How does that come out in your writing? Listen, uh... Truth be told, I've been doing this for a very long time, and it has destroyed my life. Here's a story I know a little too much about. Take a look at it and look how it ruined this person's life. Looking into things is fine and all, but don't let it become all-encompassing. A couple days go by. There is no new newsletter. There is no notes left for Flint. Eventually, we see a series of newspaper clippings later on, where uh, there are three people that Lewis focuses on as potential survivors. A lot of them, most, uh, two of the other ones. So there are three. Two of the other two are serial killer survivors. They highlight maps that have circled locations. They highlight newspaper headlines. They highlight resumes. They highlight uh, college degrees. Uh, and they have like a little dissertation for each one of like, is this you? And ultimately they ask the question on a singular piece of paper, who are you? What do you do? I just respond with Blarney Stone. Very, very nice. We uh, we cut to uh, 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 Lewis, uh, this uh, uh, rather kind of uh, generic, uh, studious but uh, competent student going about town, asking in a sort of investigative way, like, have you seen this interesting person, what do you think about this? And often getting rebuffed because the things they're asking are a little bit out of people's comfort zone. Uh, you may see them from time to time as they ask uh, from person to person, uh, what do you feel about the supernatural? Is there something else out there? Is there more than what we're being told? And eventually, by accident alone, as you are uh, maybe asking people for an extra dollar, or as he comes out of the hanged man's arcana with a box of pizza that he, uh, his friends didn't finish, and he offers one to you, he asks you, have you heard anything? What do you say? Have I heard anything? Keeper, have I actually heard anything recently in this point in time? Nothing beyond the, this, the recent power outages. But also, if you want to make something up because Flynn is a little out there, you're more than welcome to. Save for the power outages, all I've really been hearing about is uh, 
Gator men. I'm sorry? What was that? Gator men. Snatching up Gator. fishing boats. Like werewolves, but gators? Uh, no, no, no. More like, uh... Think like Ninja Turtles, but gators. Uh, roll me a uh, manipulated person. Because he is he's the person who's willing to believe this, but that is a weird thing to say. Uh, I'm guessing having a grand total of a one won't convince him. No, uh, but congratulations on the experience. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, just, I just leveled. <laughs> <laughs> very, very good. Uh, he gives like you a, like a, a, a recoiled shock, and uh, there's a moment for you where, like, this person, as he offered you, like, a slice of pizza... He might have been that person who, like, this might have been your bridge, like, back into, like, normal society. This might have been a person who's like, I get it. I'm a fellow believer, and I'm willing to give you some sympathy and maybe something more. And you watch him as you say this utter nonsense, and he's just annoyed. Like, he's he's just frustrated that he bothered. And he gets that, like, you're a person who probably needs help right now, and he's trying to be nice and about things. But he, he gives you the, the box of pizza, and he just kind of bounces and looks a little frustrated. And that a uh, little bit of connection in person that you might have gotten to him to just to talk to Flint is gone. For sure. How does, how does Flint feeling right now? Flint feels like he just did what he needed to do. Okay. Flint. And why is that? Flint wants the kid to be full of mystery and to look at the spooky stories from far away. But he only wants him to look at it from far away. Flint doesn't want to drag him into the kind of life that Flint has had to live. Very nice. Very nice. We see that no letters, no newsletters enter into the Hanged Man Arcana's Dropbox for a while. The meetings happen where the, the screw turners, the ghost hunting society, shows up, but he's not there. They go after place after place. No one ever actually goes after that central power outage zone. They just think it was weird. Or maybe it was too late to look at. And it's not worth checking out anymore. They go to graveyards, they go to abandoned warehouses, and they find nothing. And ultimately, there's not too much to substantiate their wishes. They lose a little bit of their following, but, you know, the, the, the true believers stick around. They want to. Of course they want to. Because there's gotta be something out there. Eventually, you get a little letter. It's left... Just outside the building, like maybe it got blown out or something, or maybe he was waiting for someone not to check the Dropbox, but somewhere else. And it's written in kind of shaky handwriting. And it says, it's, it's not labeled, but I think you can tell vaguely by the handwriting who wrote it. I want to preface this by saying I have no intention of publishing this information. Do you really believe in the supernatural? Supernatural. 